Open your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs, first chapter. Good to see everyone tonight. Appreciate you all being here. As we take time to come together again and to study from God's Word, we appreciate each and every one being here, joining our voices together in song, and it's always uh, encouraging to be able to do that. We have started a series of lessons on the book of Proverbs, and so far we have introduced our study in Proverbs by looking at the need that the Proverbs serve in providing wisdom. Simply put, this is a repository for God's wisdom. We want to know about the things that God says and um, the the functionality of knowledge and wisdom, we can come to the book of Proverbs and, and see a lot of what God has to say about the subject of wisdom itself. We, we looked last week at the need to stay away from bad people, to not keep bad company. We saw that in the early parts there of chapter 1. What we're going to go on to do tonight is to Consider wisdom once again. Uh, it's hard to study the book of Proverbs without having several lessons on wisdom. So tonight we'll be looking at um, three aspects, actually two aspects of wisdom, that we can find here in the early chapters, chapters 1 and 2. Next week we're going we're gonna to go on and look at chapter 3. It's, it's more about wisdom. I was going to do all this in one lesson, but I, I felt the need to divide it up. I also said that we're not going to do a verse-by-verse -verse study of the book of Proverbs, but so far that's what we're doing. Um, it, it, it's hard not to when you look at these verses and, and, and see what they have to offer. Um, but we're, we're going to keep moving through and, and do our best to, to glean as much as we can uh, from this rich book of God's wisdom. So we're going to tonight consider two aspects of wisdom that we find here in the early chapters. So first, let's consider um, the need to heed the warning of wisdom. So if you're looking here in chapter 1, let's read verses 20 and 21. It says, Wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. At the, heed, uh, uh, at the head of noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city... She utters her sayings. You know, wisdom, first of all, if I say she, I'm going to be talking about wisdom. The, the female pronoun here is ascribed to it, so I might fall into that. But this language here that wisdom shouts in the street, she lifts her voice in the square. You know, wisdom is not hidden. That's one thing that, that we can get our arms around very quickly and, and understand that Wisdom is not hidden. It cries out in the streets. It cries out in the gates. Look over in chapter 8 of Proverbs. Beginning verse 1, it says, Does not wisdom call, and understanding lift up her voice? On the top of the heights, beside the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, at the opening to the city, at the entrance of the door, she cries out, you know, wisdom, it's not hidden. You know, God's wisdom is, is, is there for us to, to see and to hear. And so the proverb writer here, Solomon, is, is making that proclamation that, 
that wisdom cries out. If we'll only hear it, all those who would have opportunity, all we need to do is listen. Because she is indeed shouting from the streets, shouting from the gates. All who would hear wisdom have that opportunity to hear what she has to say. And wisdom can be heard by anyone. Look there in verses 22 and 23. How long, O naive one, will you love simplicity? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you, and I will make my words known to you. It can be heard by anyone. He points out here the naive, the scoffers, the fools. They can hear it. If only they'll open their ears. It says there, how long will you love simplicity? How long are you going to wallow in your um, lack of wisdom, in your lack of knowledge? Hear wisdom calling out to you. It will benefit them if only they will listen. If only they'll tune their ear and hear. Wisdom has much to tell them and much to teach them. For the next several verses, we have a warning of not heeding the wisdom, not hearing what is being said. Pick up there in verse 24. Because I called you and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will even laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come on you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they shall not find me. Because they hated knowledge, and they did not choose to fear the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned me in all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way, and shall be satiated with their own devices. Even though wisdom is available to all, and it cries out in the streets. There's still those who won't hear it. Those who won't heed the call of wisdom. They do not accept the advice or the correction that wisdom has. You know, and I think that's part of human nature also, isn't it? We don't like to be corrected. We don't like to be told what to do. Told when we're wrong. But being a child of God means opening up your ears to that. Opening up your life to being corrected, knowing when you're wrong, or at least when you're told you are wrong, accepting that for what it is, for the correction that it is. Therefore, wisdom says there that she will laugh when trouble comes. You know, you've had opportunity. Here's wisdom shouting in the streets, shouting at the gates, available to all to listen, and you won't hear. So when trouble comes, it's going to be too late then. Wisdom says it's going to laugh when trouble comes. It's too late. They hated knowledge, and they did not fear the Lord. Interesting that it was said that way, that they hated knowledge and did not fear the Lord. Look back there in verse 7 of Proverbs 1. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So when they hated knowledge and did not fear the Lord, they had no interest in wisdom. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
So therefore, they're going to get what they deserve. Sad statement, but one of truth. They had opportunity and they didn't listen. There's punishment and reward here at the very end of chapter 1. Look at verse 32. It says, For the waywardness of the naive shall kill them, and the complacency of fools shall destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and shall be at ease from the dread of evil. There's punishment for those who will not hear wisdom. There's punishment for them. But for those who will listen, what does it say? It says there's security. There's ease of dread of evil. You know, we, we make the point often about the life of a Christian is not a, an easy life. We can expect to be persecuted, that's true. But think about all that we gain in God's knowledge. Living, amongst, living under God's wisdom, what it is that we have to be grateful of and be grateful for. He who listens to me shall live securely and shall be at ease from the dread of evil. Why? Because we know our destiny. Our lives might be taken from us in this earth. But the child of God has a home in heaven awaiting them when this life is over. There's comfort in that. and There's security in that. And knowing that all the better helps us in uh, establishing that comfort and living in it. But for the other, punishment that for those who refuse to hear. The waywardness of the naive shall kill them, and the complacency of the fool shall destroy them. It's clear warning here of not listening to God, not heeding the wisdom. So we move into chapter 2, and there's another aspect of wisdom that we'll talk about tonight, and that is the idea of seeking out wisdom. Look here in chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It says, My son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, for if you cry for discernment, Lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. You know, seeking out wisdom first requires acceptance. Solomon here speaking to his son, he says, My son, if you will receive my sayings. That first step in... in Seeking out wisdom is to understand that we have to be willing to listen. Sounds simple, but it's important. We have to be willing to listen. We have to make our mind open to hearing. You know, what's said about um, the difference in listening and hearing. You might hear it, but are you really listening? And there's a difference. We need to make our mind open to it. Hearing the words and listening, applying, meditating. And if you seek out wisdom, you're going to find it. We can be assured of that. And Solomon is telling his son here, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you. I like what he says here, uh, how he makes this point of treating it like it's, like it's treasure. He, say, he says there about it being silver, uh, the treasures that he's giving him, to treat them that way. You know, if we were to come across a treasure chest, 
you know, we would uh, seek to, to whatever, hide those things, take those things and hide them, put them in our home. He says that about wisdom. To seek it out and to treasure it as you would silver, as a precious metal or a precious stone. Treat it like precious treasures. Understanding also that God gives wisdom abundantly. Look here, beginning of verse 6. It says, For the Lord God gives wisdom, from, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of injustice, and he preserves the way of the godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. You know, God gives wisdom abundantly. I like what it says there, that it comes from his mouth. You know, we read there uh, this morning from 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all of scripture is God-breathed. You know, this is coming from the mouth of God. So it should be treated as those treasures, as something that is precious. And it's saved for the righteous who seek it out. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk in integrity. Not only is he given forth the wisdom that comes from his mouth, but he's protecting those who would hear it. Save for the righteous one who seeks it. He protects those along their way as they make their way through life. And then there's something that's at the end of this that is, um, it should be comforting to us. That when we receive wisdom, then we will know how to tell good from bad. Look there in verse 9. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. We open our minds to wisdom and to knowledge and understanding. Then we are able to sort those things out, those things that are good and bad. We can train our own minds to recognize those things. And the more we do, the better at, better at it we become. Understanding what the will of God is and recognizing what isn't the will of God. Wisdom protects Look there at verse 10. It says, For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of, uh, of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil, and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked, and who are devious in their ways, to deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and, and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death, and her tracks lead to the dead. None who go with her return again, nor do they reach the paths of life. And it says here about wisdom, it says that it protects you. It will be pleasant to you. The idea of being able to discern good and evil. To know the good things from the bad and be able to recognize what God has provided and the good things. That should be pleasant to us. 
Discretion will be your ally. The things that we can uh, learn how to discern, that can be an ally to us. It will keep us from those who enjoy the other, who enjoy practicing evil. We talked last week about bad company. Those who lay in wait along the roadside to steal from others. It'll keep us away from those people. Help us to recognize who they are. And there's something very sobering there at the end of verse 19. None who go to her return again, nor do they reach the paths of life. Their way is a dead end. Those who are seeking out evil, their end is the way of death. Simply put. And it's a dead end. But here again, at the end of this, we have reward and punishment. Spelled out again, look in verse 20. So you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. You know, the, the picture here is painted as the, the idea of citizenship. Those who are, are upright will live in the land. Those who are upright and righteous will be a citizen of the kingdom. You'll be blameless and remain in the land. But look there what it says about the wicked in verse 22. The wicked will be cut off from the land. And the treacherous will be uprooted from it. Those who practice evil and those who walk in the evil ways aren't citizens of the kingdom. They're uprooted. They're cast out. So the choice there is very clear. Which side do you want to be on? like to be a citizen of the kingdom, enjoy the pleasures that are there, the delights that we have in God's wisdom, or do we want to be uprooted and cast out? I think we want to be in the kingdom, don't we? Not cast out. So much about wisdom. <laughs> We've only scratched the surface, really. But wisdom is still needed in the life of a Christian. You know, sometimes we can, we can look at the, the books of the Old Testament and say, well, that, you know, that's great. That's good writing. That's good poetry, which what this is what this is. But does it apply to me here in 2018? And I would say, yes, it does. God's nature hasn't changed. He still feels the same way about wisdom. Now we have our focus on the law of Christ. What it means to be under his dominion. So let's talk about that a little bit. Wisdom is still needed in the, in the life of a Christian. Look over in Acts chapter 2. We made the point here as we started out about wisdom calling in the streets. Shouting from the gates. It's the same with the gospel. The gospel went out and continues to go out. It's not hidden. It still shouts from the streets. It still shouts from the gates. Here in Acts chapter 2, this is the beginning of the church. 
There in verse 14 it says, But Peter, taking a stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea, and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give heed to my words. Does that remind you of wisdom shouting in the streets? Here's Peter standing up and says, and says Listen to me. I've got something to say. Look there in verse 22. He says, men of Israel, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. He goes on to tell them about this Lord, this Messiah, Jesus Christ. He tells them how he is the promised Messiah. He is the coming Messiah that was promised so long ago. It has been fulfilled in this man, Jesus Christ. And you, Jews, who he's talking to here, you put him to death. And they were convicted of their sin. But look at verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is shouting, isn't it? Here's the word going out. Here's the very beginnings of the gospel being preached. Here's the wisdom shouting. Not hidden. Not under a peck measure, under a basket. Going forth. And we know how the Jews and the officials will try to squelch it, will try to put down the gospel going out, but they won't have any success. It's going to go out, it's going to spread, just like God intended it to do. Look over in Hebrews chapter 2. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, For this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For if the word spoken by the angels prove unalterable, and every transgression and disobedient received a just recompense, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Does that sound like wisdom shouting from the streets? It does to me. Pay close attention to what you have heard, lest we drift away from it. We talked about that this morning, about drifting away. Don't drift away, rather hold fast. It says here, For the word spoken through angels provided unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense. How shall we escape uh, uh, if we neglect so great a salvation? The word has gone out. It's been shouted from the streets, from the rooftops, from the gates. How can we ignore it? Heed the warning. Heed the call. And this is the gospel call. As Christians, we also need to continue to seek out knowledge and wisdom. Matthew 7 and verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. There's action in that verse, isn't there? Asking and seeking and knocking. As Christians, we still have to be able to to, to understand that we need to seek out knowledge and seek out wisdom. 
seek, ask, knock. James 1 and verse 5 says, But if anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you're looking for wisdom, ask God for it. Seek it with a true, penitent, humble heart, and God will give it to you. Look back in Acts chapter 17. We have an example here of some noble-minded people who were interested in pursuing knowledge, interested in acquiring wisdom. These Bereans here in Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse 10. It says, And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they had arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now these were, no, were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. We had this great example of these noble Bereans. They were told the message. What did they do? They searched the scriptures. How often? There's a frequency listed here, isn't there? Search the scriptures daily. Take that opportunity to plug the daily reading of your Bible. We started that in the first of the year. I've, had, I've gotten some good feedback from people. Reminds us of stories we might have uh, forgotten over the years. Or things we haven't thought about in a long time. There is benefit in reading the Bible daily. It opens your mind, even 10 or 15 minutes at a time. Opens your mind to spiritual things. And here's these Bereans. Looking at the scriptures daily to see if these things that they were being told was true or not. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Don't take my word for it. Look to scripture to see if these things that I'm telling you are true. One last thought. Philippians 4. talk about putting these things into practice also. Philippians 4 and verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence in anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. We have to heed that gospel call. We have to seek out wisdom from God's word. We have to let our mind meditate on those things. Again, reading our Bibles. And not just reading and checking off the little box, although I love doing that. Meditate on it. What does it mean? What's that story that you just read mean? What's the story about Joseph and his life in Egypt? What does that mean? What about his brother selling him into slavery? What's the meaning of that? They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. 
find out the richness of those stories. Be reminded of those stories. Be reminded of Moses, this reluctant leader of the children of Israel. What does that mean? It means he was a man. He was a, he was a person like you and me. He was reluctant when God charged him, commissioned him to lead the children of Israel. He was reluctant. What does that mean to us? Well, it means that we probably ought not to be so reluctant when the call comes to us. But we're human. But God is still calling. He commissioned Moses for a a specific purpose, to lead the children of Israel. He calls us today to the gospel, the law of Christ. He calls us to be saved from our sins. True salvation, true forgiveness, something that the old law could not accomplish. It is accomplished in Jesus Christ. If you're not a child of God, you have the opportunity to heed the call. The gospel call is still going out. It's up to us as Christians to continue that call. But it's still going out. And if you're subject to that call, you can respond to it. If you're a child of God and you're drifting away, if you're not seeking out wisdom as you should, you can make those corrections in your life as well. Whatever your needs might be, you can let them know by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.